1: Let's
2: get
0: crazy
1: Jimmy. Jimmy. Everybody, welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Ron will be here in one second. And uh He's, we've had a, a terrible week, lots of things going on, but we hope everybody else is doing really well. We have a great show for you guys hooked up today. Um, did I say welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. We got a chat room full of people. Hey, everybody, what's up? I'm going to put my glasses on so I can see who's actually here. Um, we do have a great show for you guys today. We have Tommy James from Tommy James and the Shondells coming on, and then we We have Dave Sheridan coming on. Uh, Everybody knows him, especially from Scary Movie. He played Doofy in Scary Movie, and it's a lot of fun. So everything should be really, really good. Ron's getting ready to sit down now. Go ahead and uh, just turn the light on, too, and we're ready to rock and roll. We look fabulous, you guys. So what's up, chat room? We got lots uh, lots of people in the chat room. Let me say hi to everybody in the chat room. We have uh Kadrosha Ona Corol, Cindy Lady Lake, Eileen Shapiro, Bill, Victor Arroken, Angela Joseph, Thomas Claxton, Backpack John, Artist Miss Kim. I don't know, that's going fast, you guys. Oh, Don Hinton. I don't want to forget Don Hinton. And um, everybody, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, we're gonna have a great show for you guys today. Ron's coming in now. Look how gorgeous he looks. And um, Oh, no absolutely gorgeous and uh and so all all is fun all is good robert Dumont is here hello uh my, not uh, everybody the chat room's going fast so you guys we're going to have a really good time today uh we've had a rough rough weekend and a rough week but everything is getting better we're super excited for today's show and uh, without further ado let me introduce everybody so chat room hello hello uh rebel thanks for everything that's going on and now we want to say hello to my outrageous cool man about town who looks totally gorgeous we're both in fall colors today so what's up mr ron russell how are you sweetie
2: surviving is what the word is
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know shazam
2: was sick we didn't know what was wrong with him we thought he was old and he was going to die and one vet said he had cancer and they carried on about three to five thousand bucks to fix him and then i said screw you i'm no dummy I wasn't born with a finger, you know. So I we, we took him to a different vet, and it cost two thousand bucks for like four days or five days, two surgeries, and it, it, we didn't get ripped off. And the dog is fine. We but, think, you know, it leaves a little bit of a scar. Absolutely. You know. Anyway, so but we're fine.
1: And we have big. I am very excited
2: about the guests that we have today, because I have certain favorite songs that have stayed with me all these years. Um, Kathy Sledge, who I loved and we know very well, did uh, "We Are Family." She's been on our show, and we know her and like her. Um, Also, now my brain's going dead. Johnny Mathis. is Johnny Mathis, who I know. And has never been on our show, but I know him and I love his music. And of course, Patty LaBelle, who I want to meet. And I'm telling we you, we
1: want to get on the show. If you
2: speak <laughs> one more time, I'm going to put this mic down no. your throat and they're going to hear you fart. Okay? You, want,
1: you want her on the show? Somebody listen I don't want you her. being my
2: echo. You're like Johnny Carson. That's he had okay. the echo. That guy that was sitting there, the Edmund Band, was the
1: echo. <laughs>
2: and Johnny used to yell at him all the time.
1: That's okay. You can just keep yelling, but we do want her on. So if anybody knows her.
2: I just wrote that this morning on Facebook. He steals everything from me, everything but my underwear, because I don't wear any. But anyway, (laughs) um, (laughs) anyway, uh, she made me lose my train of thought. You can't interrupt a person when they're not scripted. Uh,
1: They thought when you were lifting up your bra that that was like a salute to them.
2: That was just that was to Eileen Shapiro. It's a secret little thing we have. I raised my my boobs. Because I'm teaching Eileen to keep her hands under her boobs so they don't sag as she gets older, because you know being a forty-eight triple X
1: is not easy. So you were going talking about your favorite yeah, songs. My favorite
2: songs, you know, and, and and Crystal Blue Persuasion, I have the lyrics too. and I will when when uh, Tommy comes on, I will take some time out to read the lyrics. Most people thought those lyrics were about acid, or uh, tripping, or or crystal meth, because crystal blue. All the druggies thought that, but in reality, no, it's a song from the Bible I heard, and we're going to ask Tommy all about it. But the lyrics are beautiful, the melody is beautiful, the song is beautiful, it haunts me. I heard it for the first time in 1969, when I was 29 years old, and it has a great memory and a great meaning to me, and I won't get into the meaning because it's too long, but it, I cry usually when I hear it. I start to tear up. Um, I'm thrilled to have him on the show today. He's a great performer, handsome fella, and he's got a lot of hit records and albums, and he's so much a part of the 1970s. Late 60s and 1970s, for those of you who have been around then, lucky enough to be have been around then, I'm excited. And the second guest is a sweetie pie. I worked with him in The Big Friggin' Rat, and uh, he's a great guy with a good story, and I hope he tells his story like he told me off camera. On the set, I got snots coming out of my nose. I wonder why. Because you know the weather changed here. It's like yeah, you guys. It's cold in Palm Springs. The heat is gone.
1: It was like 55 this morning yeah. when we got up, which is terrible for and, my knee. And it now kills I got
2: it. like nose dribble.
1: That's funny though. So lots of people are joining us in the chat room. Let's say hi, Teresa Saban just joined us. Beat Claudia from Germany joined us. Um, the chat room is packed with people. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. It really is going to be a fun show. It's going to be filled with laughs, but also some serious stuff. Just because, like, these are people that we really like. And yeah, uh, I
2: mean, you know, like I said, Patty LaBelle. We almost I had to put my leg up. Patty LaBelle. We almost had on because Sister Sledge, uh, uh, Kathy Sledge, knows her very well. Kathy Sledge lived in the next town from us in Doylestown. We lived in Doylestown. She lived in. Uh, New uh, Newport was it? No, not Newtown. New, Newtown, and we invited Kathy and her husband over for dinner, and she said, "You know, would I? Would you mind if I brought Patty LaBelle?" Well, I dropped the phone. I went into an instant coma. I was frothing at the mouth, and I, when I came to, I said, "Kathy, are you fucking with me? Are you kidding?" She said, "No, Ron, I'm not fucking with you. I call Kat, uh, Patty to see if she's going to come." I thought. Oh my God, cooking for LaBelle? I mean, who cooks and makes those delicious pies that weigh 30 pounds each? I'm excited. Well, as it turned out, dates and time, you know, we kept postponing and postponing it. And then finally we sold the house and we moved to Palm Springs. So I got screwed out of the possibility of meeting Patty LaBelle. Better than meeting her was cooking for her and then saying to her, listen, you have to sing for your supper, honey you know, and she would have gotten the kick out of it. I just want to hear like two bars of on my own, because when you sing on my own, I can go crazy. I think that's the most beautiful love song, sad song, but a beautiful song is on my own. So anyway, we have a lot of great stars that have been on our show. Great rock and roll people, jazz people, country people. Um, We really, you know, we've, We've been on 15 years, and we've brought you thousands and thousands of guests, because don't forget, we do two a week.
1: Not thousands, though. But.
2: Sure we have. Figure it out. Two a week for 15 years? That's well, it's, a lot it's of,
1: 13 years.
2: Well, well, however.
1: And it's two a week. We'll see, two a week is uh, 100 uh, anybody a year. How out there? Can you do the math? It's 100 a year. So it's uh for thirteen years, it's thirteen hundred people. That's that's a thousand over a thousand. So it's thousands yeah, lots of, of people. people. So we've brought you a
2: lot of people, great stars, new stars coming up, stars, old stars, uh like Lainey Kazan and 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 my wonderful friend who passed away, uh, Richard Anderson from Bionic Man, Six Million Dollar Man, yeah, Six Million Dollars That was awesome, man, and so many of of the wonderful people that we've known over the years. Uh, I guess that's why our show is a success because we give variety and we go more than just interview. We have personalities and we bring out the personalities in our guests because we're friends.
1: And we have such great chat room.
2: You, mic went friend, I'm so us. glad God's punishing We have so many you.
1: chat room people, though. Thanks so much, everybody. We appreciate it. They love my glasses. Thank you. Good.
2: God's punishing Jimmy. He's cutting his mic off no. for interrupting me. You know, I'm. You know, you're like Trump at the at the. They like uh, your shirt. Yeah, it's very, very Halloween and very, very October. It's uh, all autumn colors, and so is Jimmy in autumn colors, because normally we get in a costume for this Halloween show. But Jimmy with his leg and, you know, and with COVID and stuff, uh, the spirit's just not here. We were invited to a Halloween party Saturday night, but I doubt we're going because it's going to be a lot of people and you have to be careful, even though it will be outdoors in a mansion, by the way, because these people uh, live in the guest house of a very famous person's mansion and they're throwing this outrageous party out around the pool. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what goes.
1: Say hi to Kadrolsha.
2: Kadrolsha, my What's up, baby? Finally, I said your name right. Kodoltra, or whatever your name is, with those beautiful melons. (laughs) KC's got a set of jugs too. She's a sexy blonde. She looks like Doris Day. For those of you who don't know who KC is, she is a medium psychic philosopher, beautiful woman, Perfect person, great friend,
1: sweetheart of a girl. And she's in our Celebrity Ghost Hunters comic. And she's in our Ghost... Celeb- Actually, she, she, helped, she, she, she did helped, it all. She, she, she put, put it all together.
2: She put, she put us in the, that comic book... And uh, we went on this uh, ghost hunt at Kings Park Mental Institution, which was closed down for 30-something years. And it was rotted and hanging and dangerous and dark and spooky. And uh, we heard voices. We heard stuff. And she got a uh, scratches on her chest from something. And uh, what's his name? I love him.
1: Ricky Rebel. Rick,
2: R- R- Ricky Rebel and I. I love Ricky Rebel. We had to pee. So we peed together. So I have that, <laughs> that memory. <laughs> well, I, I like that memory because I peed together with two celebrities. I peed together with Ricky Rebel, hand in hand. And I peed together with uh, Mike Greco.
1: Oh, no. Richard Grieco.
2: Richard Rico. Mike, Mike Greco is my friend. And,
1: and the other guy. Warren Beatty. Oh,
2: Warren Beatty and I peed next to each other at the Beverly Hills Hotel at a function and he was smiling and chatting with we were both peeing I didn't look because I don't do that but everybody said you should have looked to see how big it was I said really I don't care but anyway I like I,
1: Warren Beatty though yeah but
2: I didn't look because you don't do that that's 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 a private time <laughs> And you just don't <laughs> look at somebody's wang when they're peeing. Give me a break.
1: Teresa Saban says good memories and everybody else is just putting big fun faces like, oh, wow, well, yeah, you, probably, you probably peed next to other famous people, too.
2: Well, I peed next to Tab Hunter many times and I've peed next and never peed with Jane Russell, but, I, peed, <laughs> but I, peed, I, I can't think of all the, you know, when you want, I mean, all the actors I've worked with, my God, I've peed you know, waiting to get in the toilet when they're peeing or, you know, when you're working on a film or a TV show, you have to pee. We're there till 14, 17 hours and you have a lot of fluids because the lights make you sweat. So you pee a lot. And I can't even think of all the people I've peed with, but you know, the guys that they're, listen, actors are just actors. They're not. Everybody out there thinks they're superstars. Like I always said, people never believed Marilyn Monroe peed. Well, she did. Jane Russell, I asked her. I said, did Marilyn Monroe pee? Jane said, wrong. What kind of a sick question is that? I said, because people don't believe that Marilyn Monroe peed. Movie stars don't do that stuff. Just humans do. Jane started to laugh. She said, you do ask the strangest questions. I said, yeah, that's why I'm good at it. But Marilyn Monroe peed and passed gas and passed everything else. And she had orgasms and she had she came and she, you know, just like everybody else. We're just actors are people. They're not super human beings.
1: So so Tommy James is, is there. We're going to bring him in. How's that?
2: I'm so excited. I'm going to vomit.
1: OK, let's go. Rebel, I have to introduce him, though. So make sure you let me introduce him after we know we can hear him. Hello. Hello. Wait, wait, wait,
2: where's my phone?
1: hello hello the lyrics are in my phone tommy can you say something let's see if we can hear you
3: oh hello can you hear me yes we can
1: hear you oh my gosh how terrific all right so now we're gonna like do a formal introduction for you now that we can hear you and here it goes all right everybody now we want to welcome to the jimmy star show with ron russell the incredibly super talented with more than 100 million records sold worldwide tommy james hello and welcome to the show
3: well, thank you very much. You guys are having too damn much fun. Well, we we we're a little off
1: you. the wall
2: with some of the things we do. Now let's get to the to the chase here. Hold on, we got to introduce you. Oh, hurry up! So hold on. So
1: we got to do. All, so uh, he's super excited. Um, and he never gets excited. No. <laughs> so first off, this is my cool, outrageous Man About Town co-host Ron Russell.
2: Hey, Jimmy. Tommy. Uh, Tommy. Tommy. I, I got confused. I called you Jimmy. Yes, James. Sir. Big difference between you and Jimmy James. <laughs> He's the Marilyn Monroe, red, red queen. Right,
1: that's good. I got now, two first just, hold names. On, wait. No, wait Now ahead. we have a chat room full of people, literally from like countries all over the world. So say hi to everybody in the chat room. There you go. Now I got. Now I we'll talk. Okay. There we go. Now we'll let Ron now, talk. Let How me do
2: my little speech, and then I'm going to give you the floor. There are many songs. I'm, I'm 80 years old, so I've been around music forever. I've been from the ink spots back in the 40s and Doris Day up to what's going on today. Um, in my life, I have listened to millions of songs, and I have collected very few that I adore and love. One is We Are Family, and I'm proud to say I know Kathy C- C- Sledge well. And the other is... Um, of course, crystal blue persuasion is... I cry when I hear it because it has a, a great meaning to me. Most people thought that crystal blue persuasion was about acid and a trip because it was crystal meth and stuff. And I said, no, 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 no. If you listen or read the lyric, you'll know it's not. And it's about the Bible, I understand. And it's coming from the... from the Because when they said when he looks down at all the children, you know, who is he? The crystal meth? you got to be stupid to think that. Anyway... The music is fabulous the the, the the whole arrangement is magical your voice is unbelievable all of your echoes are wonderful and I can't tell you how listen I've met Jane Russell was my best friend I've met every movie star in the world Betty Davis and I've never been as excited as I am now meeting you I followed you I followed your Thank music you so for much. years I love all your songs. I wish you were still recording so I could. Get- he is. What is he record? Well, we're going to yeah, we're gonna get to that. Yeah, we're going to get to that. So now I've spoken enough. Let's hear. It. I want to ask you one question that I've been dying to ask you for 45 years. How did Crystal Blue Persuasion come about?
3: Sure. Well, uh, the truth is that uh, we were playing a. Um, can you hear me? Okay, by the way, guys yes we can, can hear you, hear you. okay yes we were uh, we were performing in uh, atlanta georgia at one of the colleges back in 1969 and uh one of the students came up to me with a poem called crystal persuasion and uh, uh i just thought that was such an interesting combination of words uh wasn't sure what it meant and then i read it and he the poem came from uh, the Revelation, uh, book of Revelation in the Bible. And um, uh, it was really magical. And uh, so I was becoming a Christian at the time. I, I, you know, it was a piece of my life too. We went back to the hotel room and wrote this, uh, Eddie Gray, the guitar player, my guitar player, came up with the little guitar line, ba, bum ba, ba, and I said, hold it right there. Uh, that I like that, and Mike and I wrote the lyrics, and uh, before we knew it, we had a song. And uh, the strange part about it was, it was one of the hardest records I ever had to produce. And the reason was, we, we, we went into the studio and just flat out overproduced it. And, uh, you know, we had guitars, we had a full set of drums, uh, and it was, by the time we were done with the keyboards and everything, it just wasn't crystal blue persuasion anymore. We looked at each other and said, well, that's not the song we wrote and we spent the next uh, two, three weeks unproducing the record, pulling things out. And when we, uh, when we ended up, uh, there was nothing but a bongo drum and a flamenco guitar and a couple of an organ trickling over the top and a couple of, uh, very smooth uh, guitar lines. And that was it. And, um, uh, you know, so we had to let the song breathe from a production standpoint, and it ended up being um, uh, on that uh, uh, crimson on the Crimson and Clover album, and uh, it ended up being my favorite song, I think, of all the hits. Uh,
2: and my favorite also. Now I'm going to ask you to do something for me because I, I feel I owe you owe it to me now because I'm such a devoted fan of you. <laughs> So, if you would kindly not sing, but recite the lyrics, because they're so potent, they're so wonderful, they're sure. so they're so what we need today. We need to listen to your lyrics, and we need to do what your lyrics say. Please kindly do this for me.
3: Sure. Uh, look over yonder. What do you see? The sun is rising, most definitely. A new day is coming, and people are changing ain't it beautiful crystal blue persuasion (laughs) verse two is uh and you better get ready gonna see the light love is the answer and that's all right so don't you give up now it's so easy to find just look to your soul and open your mind crystal blue persuasion it's a new vibration crystal blue persuasion and the third verse let me see oh maybe tomorrow when he looks down on every green field and every town, all of his children and every nation, there'll be peace and good, brotherhood, crystal blue persuasion. That's it. I love it. That's three cents, that by the way.
2: The part that gets me. The <laughs> part cents. that wait. Right, the part that gets me in that song is when it comes back for the. I think it's the second verse. Ever repeater when you come into the second part, that's the part that thrills me because the music just gets so magical at that point.
3: Well, thank you. That's where the organ comes in.
2: Yeah, and, and it's uh, uh, you novel. know
3: it was one of those songs that just um was literally thrown together. It was almost conversational. And um believe it or not, it was Morris Levy, the head of the record company's favorite song, too. Uh, It's everybody.
2: Everyone's favorite song. I was living in L.A. at the, I just moved from New York to L.A. at the time. And no, I'm sorry. I was still in New York when I heard it for the first time. And the first time I heard the story, I said to the people I was lunching with, oh, my God, did you ever hear that song Crystal Blue Persuasion? And they all said, yeah, isn't it fabulous? And then somebody said, wow, I really get off of it. I get so high. And I thought, no, that song is not supposed to make you get high. You know, uh, it's not about Crystal met you stupid Don't you listen to lyrics? They said, no, man, the music is just so fabulous. I'll never forget the conversation. Um, Now, I don't believe that that song was a mistake or thrown together or any of that nonsense. I believe that it was sent to you from someone or someplace. I believe in aliens. I understand you do, too. Uh, We can't be so stupid as to think we're the only people on the planet. I believe that millions and millions and millions of years ago, the aliens were here. And they created us, and of course, all of what they built has disappeared because of time uh Eileen Shapiro said to me that that you believe also in aliens now, and we will think we're nuts, but you know if you believe in Jesus Christ, that was a man who came out of a cave and went to heaven. That's kind of fantastic to believe too. so why not believe why not believe in aliens
3: well listen i uh, you do have a point that um... Uh, Space is so vast and the uh, number of galaxies, when we look at the number of stars in each galaxy, we're talking about billions, a hundred billion stars in each galaxy. Uh, Each star potentially has planets around it. We've got billions of galaxies. Uh, So in a universe that huge, uh it's it's very hard to believe that uh there is another life even in scripture even in the bible it says in my father's house there are many mansions meaning many dwelling places if it were not true i would have told you so uh we know that there's uh angelic life we know that there's uh, uh, all kinds of life so um wouldn't surprise me at all i don't know if people came here from uh, other other star systems that's going to be quite a feat but it's very possible and um, we're learning new stuff every day i think one of the most fascinating things uh, are places uh, around the earth like pumapuco and uh, uh, places like that where these incredible monolithic uh, stones that have been obviously crafted um uh, by somebody uh, and built. Uh, those are fascinating things that there's absolutely no uh, no answer
2: to. And so, so you listen. Uh, so you me? listen. You listen to Giorgio on ancient aliens, don't you?
3: I do, as a matter of fact. Yes, I,
2: I, I, I want Giorgio on the show because I love him to death, and every
3: I love that, his hair.
1: That's what he loves too. The best hair yes he
3: I, I put just, he, i think he put a cherry bomb in the middle of his head and before he goes on tv yeah
2: blows it up it's true but he's a he's really wonderful he's put up a fabulous show he's made his the awareness of this possibility to millions of people who really believe that we can't be so um pompous to think that uh we are the only ones and that we came out of the ocean and we, we you know evolution no i believe that alien Aliens came here and with DNA. We're finding that out now because certain people have DNA that fits aliens. It doesn't belong to humans. And they're wondering where the DNA is coming from. So we're, little by little, we're finding out. Now, we're not saying that there isn't a God. Before there's a God, somebody, or we call it a God, some, something or someone created all of the planets and created everything. So there is a, there is a higher being. There is is there that is, Ira? There, there, there is there is a higher being. We know that for a fact. Now, why couldn't Jesus Christ be one of the descendants of the aliens? He
1: actually, though, because he didn't tell Eileen aliens. He said UFOs, just so you know.
2: Oh, UFOs, I believe in, too. <laughs> well, it, well, it, well in, a, in, a, in a UFO, Jimmy, it's not uh, Marilyn Monroe. You, you know? never know. <laughs> <laughs> it's an alien. It, it's an alien in it. <laughs> So but, hold on. Okay. So oh, hold on. But anyway, Jimmy, uh, Tommy, and I keep calling you Jimmy. Yes. Damn that. No, because Jimmy James is a good friend of mine. And the James throws me. Uh, Tommy, when you have
3: two first names, yeah. you go through life never knowing which one ought to be used first. So well, I'm, Ron, yeah, I'm Ron I completely Ron, understand.
2: I'm Ron Russell, and a lot of people call me Russell. So I, just, yeah. I respond. It's okay. T- talk to me now. Tell me anything that you want. This is open market. I want to hear everything from you.
3: Well, there's a lot going on right now, uh, even though uh, we're shut down in, in many ways. Uh, Of course, the concert business is, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's it's flat right now. Nobody's doing concerts because nobody wants to infect anybody. Right. Uh, Right. uh, But uh, there's lots of other things going on. (laughs) And, um, one of them, of course, is my radio show on Sirius XM every week, every Congratulations. Sunday. Congratulations. Thank you. It's called Getting Together, and we're on uh, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time every Sunday, and uh, we're in the middle of doing a, a movie, a film of our of my book. Uh, the book is called Me, the Mob, and the Music, and uh, it's about our um, uh, very tumultuous, crazy and sometimes scary relationship with roulette records. Mm -hmm. uh, The label that we had most of our hits on. And uh, uh, I also have that. Well, the movie is going to be uh, uh, it's the productions on hold right now because of the, uh, of the virus. And, uh, but that's going to slowly be coming back next year. Barbara DeFina is our producer who produced Goodfellas and Casino and oh Hugo a few years ago with Martin Scorsese and just a string of great movies. And we're very proud to have her. Uh, the screenplay has been written by Matthew Stone and um, our director is Kathleen Marshall. And so uh, a lot of great names and a, a lot I'm very very proud to to uh, have this book turned into a film. I really am very honored by it and by the fans' response to the book. Uh, Do we have a new album out or one that's about Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. on.
1: Uh, on. I don't know why we have that weird noise. I don't know. There's a weird noise. Hang on. No, let me go. Uh, So I want to go back to the book because you're too modest. Um, No, I
2: want to say something about the book that's going to blow up his skirt, okay? (laughs) I understand you used the name Genevieve's. My cousin was married to Genevieve's so I know sure. I know that family very well and my right. cousin Bertha her sister was married to another big mafioso so on my cousin's side they were all connected people with the big shots so let's hear what
1: you have to now, say Now wait about a second wait a second hold on so you guys listen up cuz the book is called Me the Mob and the Music and it was it's ranked uh, number 12 of the top 25 greatest rock and roll mem- mem- memoirs of all time by Rolling Stone magazine. So it's not just like he wrote a book and nobody read it. This is like a highly acclaimed, super great book. Everybody needs to go read it so that when the movie comes out, you're going to like love the movie also. Um, you're... you're, you're uh, Uh, because it's you, I can brag for you. I like to brag for all our clients because that's a really big thing to be number 20. Can we do
2: the brag after? No. I I I have a point I want to get to, that this book and this movie they're making is not about some guy singing in a park. This is about how the mob was screwing around and threatening his life because Eileen Shapiro filled me in. I never research a client. I'm mean a pop client. I never research a guest. You're the only one I asked about Eileen and I had a, a great long talk about you and she was filling me in. Um, I understand that you had some difficulty with the mob. Could you explain that?
3: Well, basically uh, the gist of the story uh, is that um uh, while we were uh, hanky pankying and mony monying and all all that stuff, this very dark and evil uh, and I w- and sinister story was going on behind us. We couldn't talk about. And the reason was because uh, Roulette, in addition to being a good little indie label, was also a front for the Genovese crime family in New York. And Morris Levy, the head of the record company, was, as they say, an associate. And um, uh, uh, he was Jewish, so he, he wasn't like a made guy, but he had all the other traits. <laughs> and so um, what, it, what it boiled down to is that uh, these guys uh, would come up to roulette and basically sit there and, and use it almost like a social club. And I started recognizing people that I saw on TV, and that's kind of how we figured it all out. But um, – the funny part is, and I and I talk about this a lot, uh, if it wasn't for Morris Levy and Roulette Records, there wouldn't have been a Tommy James. So I can't really, uh, every time I go to say something really nasty about Morris or Roulette, I stop myself because the truth is that uh, they gave me my career. And I uh, can only, say, you know, I... I All I can say is that uh, uh, one of these days I gotta ask the good Lord what He had in mind.
2: (laughs) 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 Tommy, Tommy, Jane, you know who Jane Russell is, the the movie star. Sure okay jane and i were like brother and sister we're best of friends in fact i took her name when i went into the business and she's a born again christian or actually she said i was a christian when i was born i never became she said i've always been Ah. and she i said to her no i said to her one day i said uh, what made you want what made you become an actress she said i didn't i didn't want to she said it was one of the lord's mistakes She said, I had no intention of ever being an actress. I I don't like being an actress, and I don't like being exploited, and all Howard Hughes did was exploit me. But I knew that the Lord had a path for me to follow. She said, and I followed that path. But unfortunately, Bob, uh, her, her, her then boyfriend, and she got her pregnant, and she had an abortion. She almost died, and she could never have children again. And she said, the Lord will punish you if you fall off the path. He will rub your nose in it. And these are the things that I learned from Jane about her religion and her belief. They're so sensible wow. and so understandable. Jane was probably one of the most wonderful human beings I have ever known. I love and adore her. We spent countless time in each other's homes and we hung out and I got to really know all about her. And she said to me, Ron, I think you should become a Christian. I said, no, I can't because it's um gay and there's a lot of stuff that's in the way. So she contacted a friend of hers who somehow got contact with somebody who contacted the Lord. And the Lord <laughs> gave a message to her and they wrote it and Jane read it to me. And the message was, he's difficult, but he will come around in time. He's got to understand. And then it went on and on and on. Of course, I I read it with a great deal of thank you so much. It's wonderful. But, you know... Yeah, Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Monroe made a movie with Jane Russell called called um, uh, uh, Gentleman for Blondes. Marilyn was very screwed up on the set. So Jane said, go to my church, see if you like it, see what happens. So Marilyn Monroe went to Jane Russell's Christian church. The next day, Jane said to Marilyn, so how'd you like it? And she said, Jane, it's not for me. Years later, Jane said to me, you know, the Kennedys killed Monroe. And had Monroe gone to my church and learned, she wouldn't have been dead. She wouldn't have been killed. So there's a lot of ways that the Lord does things. As they say, he works in strange ways. And I believe that he he sent that song to you because that lyric is going to do something today for us that we so need to have a lyric like that.
3: You know, when I look at my life and my career, which uh, has been almost my whole life. Um, I see it in uh, little little miracles, one after the other, and it's uh, quite amazing when when you look back. And uh, you know, I, I believe God's got a plan for everybody's life. And I and I uh, I believe I saw mine, and it was uh, you know I got a job. I started playing in a band when I was thirteen years old. Uh, worked in a record shop all through high school. Got to know the record business. Uh, made it. Right out of high school, literally, with a song I had recorded uh, two years before I graduated, uh, "Hanky Panky," and uh, uh, suddenly the record in 1966 exploded out of Pittsburgh. I'm immediately in New York, and um, uh, you know, through a a wild series of of I I look at them as as miraculous because being taken. Uh, Out of Niles, Michigan, my little hometown, suddenly I'm in New York. uh, uh, You know, it was like winning the lottery. It was uh, the record exploded out of Pittsburgh unexpectedly, uh, only in America. You know, one of those stories. And um, so it was a one in a million shot. And then with a record like Hanky Panky, I could have been a one hit wonder right there very easily. (laughs)
2: exactly before, before, before before i turn you over to jimmy i want to ask you some personal questions because our fans want to know about you not only your career that sometimes is boring um are you married do you have children where do you live
3: i am married i'm married i have one son his name is brian and he's grown up now and um doing very well he's a design engineer and a hell of a drummer um uh, all I can say is that I've been blessed my whole life, and uh, you know this is a this is a business rock and roll that if you're lucky you get two or three years, and we've been doing it literally for 54 years now since 1966, and uh, I I thank the good Lord and the fans for for the kind of uh, longevity we've had.
2: I
1: also want I mean, I mentioned, what is that? That's on his end, I think.
2: I mentioned Patty LaBelle. I mean, she's got a career. And Johnny Mantis, the two of them, their career is – is. I heard Johnny Mantis when I was 16 for the first time, which, yeah. chan- which chances are. Right. And, John, and, and, you know, I just saw Johnny not too long ago, and I asked him to come on the show, and he said, Ron, I don't do that stuff. I don't do interviews. He's very shy. He's very – um. Uh, He's only into music. He's not into himself. He doesn't want to discuss anything about his private life. Of course, we know why. But I mean, he just, um, he's a lovely, wonderful human being. And it shows in his music. He is also a Christian. He's still working, right?
1: Yeah. Are you kidding?
2: Are you kidding and selling records? And he's also a Christian. So, He's got that wonderful ab- that way about him, that, that, that Christianity of goodness. I find that most Christians that I do know, they all have a sensibility and, a, and, a, and a, a, an awareness and a kindness, and uh, they, they sense who you are and how you're troubled, and somehow they, they uh, foam rubber it so it's not so intense.
3: Uh, <laughs> you know, well, Johnny said, <laughs> what a talent, what an amazing man. Uh, and you have,
2: have you ever have you ever met him
3: I have not and I'd love to oh i've
2: met, I've met Johnny a few times and I love him now Patty LaBelle is also a Christian she's a Christian also so what I'm putting together is all these performers that are Christians are still around sixty 70 right. years later. The drug addict, devil worshippers, they're all dead. Notice. Think about it. No, all the guys that had fire snakes, devil shit
1: on them. they're not.
2: They're dead. Alice Cooper's been around forever. Uh, Alice Alice Cooper was a big phony anyway. (laughs) Alice Cooper Cooper was theater. He was all theater. I'm talking about the ones that sing those devil songs. You know, they're all dead. But the Christians are still going.
1: So anyway... I, oh,
3: I had my experience through uh, of messing with chemicals back in the '60s, so I've got my own little story to tell, and uh, I'm very fortunate to still be here.
2: Is that how you found Christianity? Because of you? No, but
3: did? but it it really helped. It, it was a it was a big play in the end. It was a big plus. Um, uh, you know, I went through all my changes, and and was very lucky because I was I was playing with fire. And I was very lucky to come out the other side. And, uh, again, I feel very blessed.
2: So you say that becoming a Christian cured you of your drug abuse.
3: Well, I don't know that it – no, it didn't cure me, but it certainly helped. It was – I went to the Betty Ford Center, actually, in 1986. And uh, Booze and Valium are the two of them that got me. And uh, I was uh, – you know, very, very blessed and fortunate to uh, uh, learn all the the things I did about AA and all the rest. And uh, so uh, I got pulled out of the fire and uh, the good Lord and and a good wife helped.
2: That's awesome. You know what? You have everything I thought you would be because of your music. Um, Unfortunately, We cannot play your music. We're not allowed. Otherwise, Crystal Blue Persuasion would have been played on the show when we opened. Uh, We're not allowed to do that anymore.
1: Because we live stream to YouTube. When you live stream to all these different platforms, because we're on like five platforms right now. Yeah. Yeah. they shut you down, and they actually like shut the whole thing down, and they won't let you do it anymore. We used yeah. to be able to do it. it just started yeah. this year. That oh, you're do you, not do do you do think
2: for one minute I wouldn't have played "Crystal Blue" when we opened? It. Are you crazy? Ever since we knew
1: the song, ever since we known you were coming on the show, we've been playing "Crystal Blue" version nonstop around around the house. It's I been around for sing, days. I
2: walk <laughs> around. I was walking around singing it as I was getting ready to do our show. It's a phenomenal song. I don't know what's with. It, if it's God if it's magic if it's Christ I don't know what it is but it grabs you and it holds you and you don't forget it and when you hear it it's like brand new now I'm going to hand well, thank you off you.
1: Now now, now I get to, you over now I get to talk a little bit. First of all I want to brag a little bit. So first of all you guys, you can follow Tommy James on on Twitter. He's at TJ s h uh, o n d e l l s. He's got the most amazing website ever. It's tommyjames.com. And I want to give you a prop for this I because you?
2: ask him uh, what happened
1: to the Shondells? Hang on, hang on, wait. So uh, so it's tommyjames.com and I have to tell you because like we have two guests a week. Um, you have the most Great website ever. It's very easy to to navigate, and you have everything broken down. He has, you guys, he has, like, a a thing, and you can see all the people who've covered his songs, which there's like 300 people have covered his songs. Big, huge people. Some of which are, by the way, I'm going to do some other bragging for you. Billy Idol, (laughs) Tiffany, Bruce Springsteen, Kelly Clarkson, Prince, Dolly Parton, R.E.M., Santana, Tom Jones, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, the Killers. There's a lot more, but that's just some of them. Then he's got another tab that shows you what movies have used his songs. Songs. And, uh, and and tons and tons of movies have used his songs. It's, he's actually had songs in 55 films and 39 TV shows. Uh, movies like Moneyball, Pirate Radio, We Are Marshall, Austin Powers, Forrest Gump, Cape Fear, The Italian Job. He's got 23 gold records, 9 platinum albums, 32 billboard top 100 hits. Uh, he's got his serious show and... Um, one of the first artists to experiment with music videos before 13 years before MTV. And I think that was with, um, uh, Hanky Panky, right? Uh,
3: actually the, the record that uh, we first started doing videos on was money, money. Okay. Money, money. And, and yeah. And, uh, see it always, uh, I'm talking back in like 68. It always made perfect sense to me that, uh, to make a film, of your hit record and I just you know it just to me it was a no-brainer you just did it but but nobody on TV would play music videos back then uh, they were they were by God not gonna let rock and roll people come and mess up TV so, so the only place we could get Moni Moni played the video was in European movie theaters between the double features so it was me and Daffy Duck for a long time
1: that's fun. That's hilarious okay that's actually that's actually like I wanted
2: to ask a question what happened to the Shondells?
1: well the
3: name Chandel stayed with me and I have uh, the Shondells that are with me now have been with me since the middle 80s uh, the original group uh, and I still remain friends and um, uh, we kind of went our separate ways about 1970 because we had just We were exhausted from touring, and we just were going to take six months off, and we never intended to not get back together again, but that's what happened. And so uh, I I did my own thing for a while, and then uh, the group that I was producing in the studio uh, became the new Shandells. I was producing back then for CBS and for Paramount, and uh, I produced a group called Neon, and they became – uh, they worked with me on the road. So finally, in about the middle 70s, I just said, you know, everybody calls us Tommy James and the Shondells. We might as well just have the name. I worked awfully hard to promote the name. So uh, the, the, and the group that's been with me now, this, this current generation of Shondells, I feel like Captain Kirk. You know, I got three different generations <laughs> of Shondells um, have been with me since the middle 80s.
1: So uh, in, the, in the chat room, they're asking a bunch of questions. One question they want to know is, uh, based on your musical history, are there any artists of today that you listen to and that you like? Like, is there anybody, current artists that you think, oh, my God, these people are really good and it's something that you like to listen to?
3: Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I listen to a lot of different groups today. I listened, I'm listen. i amazed what has happened to the record business, though. So.
1: Uh, yes. I, you
3: know, the funny part is, you know what I'm into today? A lot of smooth jazz. That's where the geniuses are right now. Uh, so anyway, uh, what I'm trying to say is that I'm uh, I get asked a lot by young bands. Uh, what should we do? Because you can set your hair on fire and it's very difficult to get discovered today to get new music in front of the fans is one of the most difficult things there is to do. Um, Radio, for the most part, has changed dramatically. It's all online now. And when you listen to radio, you're basically listening as an individual. You you know, rock and roll is supposed to be a, a social affair. You know, it's supposed to be something that's enjoyed by a lot of people at the same time, uh, either at a rock concert or on the radio. You know that uh, hundreds of thousands of other people are listening. It was never supposed to be listened to by one person at a time uh, doing a single song download. You know, I, I, <laughs> honestly, it, 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 the, the whole thrust of the industry has been changed so much by – uh, digital technology. And, but yet on the same, uh, on the same page, uh, you, you know, you're all over the world. So, uh, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time, I guess.
1: So we have, we have, a Cindy, Cindy Lady Lake in the chat room. And she just wrote that she met you in Baltimore on new year's Eve. I don't know how long ago, cause she hasn't lived in Baltimore in a long time. Um, uh, in between sets at New Year's Eve. Her name is Cindy, and she said the show was absolutely amazing, so maybe just say hi to Cindy for me.
3: <laughs> well, hi, Cindy. How are you doing? There you go. You got you to meeting like this. <laughs>
2: yeah. don't, don't you love it? You know, I was uh, somewhere, I forgot where, and somebody came up to me, and they said, Hi, Ron, how are you? And I said, Fine. Oh, don't you remember me? And I said, I'm sorry, but maybe. Well, it was back in 1973. We were at so-and-so's house. I said, really? What was? Tell me about it because I don't remember. The, you know, they remember us, but we don't remember them.
3: You know, well, I want get- to... the thing is, I was going to say that uh, I think the thing that I probably am the proudest of is my relationship with the fans. The fans are what keeps it going. The fans are everything. And... Um, uh, honestly, uh, I look out at our concert crowd now. I see literally three generations of people, and I'm just amazed by that. And I, I, I really um, I owe them so much. They've been with me for all these years, and we keep getting new fans, thank God. And, yep. um, uh, you know, honestly, uh, uh, my, the relationship with the fans after a while becomes almost like their extended family.
1: And well, uh my, my, my what the hell is don't that? Don't put the mic too close to your mouth. No, it's not it's, me it's, doing it. I know, but it's coming out on his okay.
2: Side. My two daughters love Johnny Mantis and Peggy Lee because right. they were raised in the house of Johnny Mantis and Peggy Lee. Now I want to ask you a question, and I forgot her name and my God, she's the biggest the one that does Gypsy, the song I love. Who's that? Gypsy's a gypsy. I don't know famous. She was with um the, oh my god 80 years old brain dead the most famous singer in the world oh with the raspy oh, voice. with the rest <laughs> that one <laughs> no with the raspy voice oh my gypsy was the song
1: i'm a gypsy da, 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 you know ting a ling a ling anyway while you're thinking because i got to keep going
2: i can't think of her name this is disgusting i hate age it's like <laughs> well there's gypsy
3: tramps and thieves
2: I mean no, anyway Stevie anyway, Nicks. Stevie Nicks, that's who I'm talking about. Stevie, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how could you I'm forget? I'm a big fan Stevie, too. How could you forget Stevie? Stevie said I am no longer recording records because they are pirating and stealing them. I only do concerts. How do you feel about that?
0: Um
3: well, we're still recording. <laughs> All I can say is that um uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad to still be able to record. Um,
1: yeah, but did, are you we making have money? Own,
3: we, we have our own record label, Aura Records, and we have our own distributor, and um, we can put out product uh, whenever we want. And I'm very thrilled with that. Um, we put out an album uh, this, uh, in 19, 2019 called Alive. And it's the first studio album that I did in ten years, and um, uh, you know we got right on the radio. We went top twenty with the album on adult contemporary charts, and top twenty with both singles. Yeah,
2: but my question—you
3: know—haven't been on the charts in a long time. It's great to be back on the
2: charts. My question was are you losing money because of the pirating because that's being done with everybody. You know, we're very, very dear friends with, um, here we go again, names. I'm so bad. A friend from Arizona, my love. Cece Pennington. Cece Penningston is my love. I love her. She's a dear, dear close friend of mine. And she got so ripped off on finally they used it in a movie, never gave her credit. They're still robbing her blind and she's doing all kinds of things to change it because, she's made millions and millions of dollars, were made on finally, and she wound up with zippity doodah. Yeah, has that, ever, well, has that ever happened to you?
3: Well, uh, hey, I was on roulette records. Come on, what
2: a question! Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, let's, let's, well, let's hear about Come it. You know, what you, kind of question being, is yeah, that? Tommy, you're being uh, no, well, about, I, tell me about how they screwed you on roulette. Let's get it out there.
3: Well, roulette records, of uh, course crime doesn't pay. (laughs) We know that, don't we? (laughs) And,
2: uh,
3: (laughs) so, uh, but you know, the ironic part is that I don't think we would have ever had the kind of success that we had uh, on one of the corporate labels. If it hadn't been a little indie label, I don't think if we'd have been with Columbia or RCA or Atlantic that we would have had the kind of success we had because we would have had so much competition. Um, uh, yeah, but
2: how, the, did, how did how did roulette how screw you? It's not me. It's not money. how did roulette screw you? That's what. Well, I'm they flat out. What, they, what, wait, what did the genovese family have to do with screwing you? <laughs> I don't point know point.
3: that it was. The, I don't know that it was the genovese family or just Morris Levy, the head of the label. But we didn't get paid our royalties. It was that simple. The mechanical royalties were just not going to happen, and so I had to constantly make a decision whether we stick it out on roulette and take our lives in our hands by, by attempting to leave like Jimmy Rogers did. you know his story uh, no, no, no.
2: Tell us tell us his story it's not all right in my way.
3: it is okay come on kids don't make me come over there now uh, <laughs> what I, what i what i'm saying is that uh jimmy rogers who was a big artist on roulette in the 50s had honeycomb and kisses oh, yeah. sweeter than wine and, you know, oh, yeah, I and, know. Uh, and uh did not get paid and he sued roulette and he kept on suing him he kept on coming and finally in uh I believe it was 68 he um, was stopped on an L.A. freeway by what he thought was cops, and they beat him, and they thought to death. They beat him unconscious, thinking he was dead. They left him for dead, and he he survived the thing, but he was never the same after that. Uh, couldn't sing, uh, walked with a limp. He was just in terrible shape, and um, so we were very aware of of what happens if we push things too far and get legal with them and all that. So we constantly had to make up our minds. And and, and uh, I had to make a decision whether to try to get off the label or to stay there because we were having such great success. I think I think we ended up making the right decision by staying there because we ended up having this great success with records. And we were making money from, uh, you know, from BMI and, and uh, uh, artists, our, our concerts and, uh, uh, you know, uh, writing money and stuff like that. But mechanical royalties were just not gonna happen. And so um, that we tallied it up at the end uh, when we left Roulette and uh, when I left Roulette and it it came out roughly $40 million that uh, we didn't get paid.
2: Wow. In my my opinion, Knowing some of the mobsters growing up with them as a kid in Brooklyn, I know probably most of the biggies. They are such fans of actors and musicians. They love to be in movies. They love to hang around with theater people and movie people. I don't think that they would not want to pay you. The ones that I knew were honest guys. I mean, they were, They only hurt each other if they betrayed each other. But if you did business with them and you were on the square and you did what you were supposed to, they would pay. They were honorable. I suspect that it was the fellow you said that instigated a riot and went back and gave them a lot of bullshit about you. Bad talk, lies. He must have said terrible things that you said, and that's how come they they, they were worried. But, yes, you did the right thing staying. I would have advised you on that. You absolutely did the right thing staying. Wow, 40 minutes yeah.
1: So that's a lot of money. But
2: did you ever get any of the forty million?
3: Yes, uh, uh, not not directly from them. But when Morris Morris Levy was uh, arrested in nineteen eighty six, and he was put on trial for racketeering and a bunch of other things, and um, uh, sold the company, got he got rid of the company. He sold the the publishing, uh, which ended up with Sony, and he sold the. uh the, the masters the roulette records itself that ended up with warner brothers and uh so uh when he sold the company suddenly i started getting paid uh royalties that yeah. were coming as as of that time i, I didn't get the back royalties but yeah. I got the-
2: he 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 was the he, he was the snake Definitely he was, did they bump him off? They should have knocked him off.
1: (laughs) Well,
3: that was a pretty involved story. But anyway, what I'm trying to say though, is that uh, uh, I don't know if I'd have had all that money at that time, I'm not sure I would have survived to be perfectly honest with you, the shape I was in. But the bottom line is that uh, uh, yes, we got a, a fair chunk of that back. And uh, so you know, it all worked out in the end. Plus, that you know, we're still we're still uh, uh, going going, and uh, so you know, things are things are still happening. So you know, it wasn't like that was a dead end.
2: Now, where do you live?
3: Uh, Don't give me. I the- live in New Jersey.
2: Oh, in Jersey. Okay, yeah. good. Are you I in have- Palm Springs? Did I hear you say? Yes, yes. we're in but I'm i used to, I
3: used to come out uh, after. Uh, 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 I got out of the Betty Ford Center, which is over in Rancho Mirage. Uh, I leased a place out there. In fact, I leased Barry Manilow's house out in Palm Springs.
2: Okay, and it was at the north of- end of town. It was up in uh, yeah, we uh, live- Las Thomas. We live right down the hill from him. So the next time you're in town, you give us a buzz. or I'm gonna call the Genevese family and we're gonna fix your warehouse.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, my, right. my, well, I love Palm Springs, so that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I really do. Yeah.
2: Don't no don't love it in August, but the rest of the year it's wonderful.
3: No, you can fry an egg in August on yes. the side. Fry,
2: fry your brains, let alone that. I just, I, just I wanna to, to, finalize this. My cousin Maria Genovese has passed away. So I no longer have any affiliation or contact with knowing what goes on in that world of supposedly mafia, which is no longer existing. It's all been dissolved. The Russians and the Asian uh, mafia have taken over. The Italian mafia is they're all third generation businessmen, bankers, lawyers. They've gone legit. So not to worry. Nobody's going to harm you. Because I'll see to it that they don't.
1: <laughs> you gotta
3: like love well, it. You, you know, it's funny because as we were writing this book, uh, we got about a third of the way into it, and we were going to write a book called Crimson and Clover, and uh, Martin Fitzpatrick, my co-author and myself, and we were going to write a book called Crimson Clover about making hits and about record companies and all that stuff. Uh, and it would have been an interesting book, but but. As we got into it, we realized that if we don't tell the roulette story, we're really missing the boat. We're cheating ourselves and everybody else because that really is the story. And uh, but I was very nervous about finishing the book and naming all the names and stuff. Yeah. And uh, so finally, it let. Well, let me finish it at the at the uh, in uh, 1985, I believe it was uh, or 95. Um, Oh, sure. What was it? it well, anyway, uh, 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 the, the the guy who was running the family, Vinnie the... ...Giganti.
2: You're going? Not us.
3: ...died in prison. And roulette regulars, as I called them. He used to go up there all the time. And so we felt we could go ahead and finish the book. And so that's what we did. And uh, as soon as we got the thing finished, uh, we got sounded on by uh, uh, the book company, it was Simon and Schuster, and, uh, to, and then suddenly the movie rights and the Broadway rights. So uh, uh, that's how the book got written. And uh, when, the, when the movie is finished, they're gonna do a Broadway show and uh, at least that's the plan and uh all the mob guys are going to be singing and dancing (laughs) that's going to be a very different (laughs) going to be very different kind of thing from the movie
2: tommy let me tell you something they're they're all dead they're all old i know so you don't have to worry. All the guys that you knew from Roulette are Ghana. Yes, their kids, they are. And their kids couldn't care less. I mean, my cousin <laughs> my cousin Maria was so detached from the Genovese family, she couldn't yeah. have cared less. The, all those young uh, third-generation Genovese people they and and all the other the, the people I knew in Brooklyn, uh, there's no such thing anymore as the Italian mafia, trust me. People say that it is, and they think, no. They're all businessmen now. They don't have to do... Uh,
3: You're quite right.
2: You're very right about that. Well, I know. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm I'm a New Yorker native, and I'm Italian, and and I grew up with these guys. You know, I'm 80 years old. I knew Gotti. I knew everybody. You know, everybody, they would – I knew them as nice people. You know, I would go to parties, and they would be dancing with the children. I never saw anything what the Italians did that was bad. I never saw killing, shooting, or anything. They treated their wives wonderfully, and they treated their girlfriends better. (laughs) I mean, they were generous people. They were kind to me and my then wife. We went to their weddings. We went to their yeah, bar, it, their, their, their christenings. And I never found the Italian uh, organized crime to be anything but nice people. Just don't betray them. They're not nice people if you do.
1: They'll kill you. <laughs> true
3: enough. So, true. Well, so- listen, I, I must say, I, I, I thank you so much. It's been wonderful talking with you.
1: Before we go, well,
3: hold you're gonna, on. You're
2: going to come to our house when you come to Palm Springs and we're going to cook. Love them. to. You like Italian food? Love to.
1: That's my favorite.
2: Good. We'll, first, ha- we'll have it out in the garden.
1: First of all, Eileen it's, just it's a sent date. me. It's a Eileen just sent me a text message saying, "Hello. You know Eileen, she's like the like a world-renowned rock star journalist." Yeah. She actually, I love her. She interviews all the big great stars.
3: We had a great talk on the phone yesterday. So she oh, says hi
1: and she wants you. She just says hi. I'm supposed to say hello to ha, you. So you can say hi to ha, Eileen. Have you ever seen her? We'll Say hi back. Have you ever seen Eileen?
3: I've never seen her, but I I talked she with her is, for over an hour on the
2: she phone. Is, she is a sexy blonde with a size 48X bust. She's got boobs that when she turns a corner, the tits go first, and she comes second. <laughs> she is she is so built and, and <laughs> sexy. It's you know, I don't know what her magic is, but every guy I know wants to go to bed with her. It's amazing what the magic this girl has. And she is well, I, th- sweet- I don't
1: think
3: it's magic. I think you just hit the nail on the head.
2: No, but she is the sweetest person in the world, and she is so kind and loving and generous and giving. I mean, she'll be your pal, and she's a real pal. She's not a phony broad. I adore Eileen, she's one of my favorite people. She's the smart. Whole world. Oh yeah, she's, she's smart. Very smart. She knows her rock and roll stuff. You know, she's been chasing uh what's his name forever? What's his name?
1: Adam Ann. Adam
2: Ann. She's crazy about Adam Ann. She wrote a, she
1: wrote a book uh, she, called Waiting for Adam, just yeah. about on her quest to interview Adam Ann. It's and, a fabulous book. And
2: she's been chasing him around the world. She goes everywhere. He's got a concert. <laughs> she's like a teenager. I love it. So also then you guys. Wait, 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 <laughs> question. One more question. Do you have groupies? Pardon me? Do you have groupies at, at our ages, at your age? Do you still have groupies?
1: Well, I,
3: I'm not sure. You know, uh, uh, you know, I got to I, I got I to gotta stop them at the autograph tables after the show. That's where they come around.
2: Oh, but and, nobody, uh, nobody's throwing hotel keys or panties on the stage.
3: No nothing like that anymore. I I, those, I, I, keep, I keep it clean. you know what I mean I'm, <laughs> I'm a family man.
2: Those days are gone. I remember years and years ago at the concert, girls who would take their bras off their panties and throw them on the stage for the rock performance. and of course, the guys you know, well, you know, a lot of them in the green room afterwards had a lot of fun. so well, I mean, every we, now and
3: th- every now and then I get you know support hose.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or, or somebody throws a walker up on the stage no but I remember I, I won't mention who it is but a very famous rock and roll star very famous he said that the green room there was more sex going on in the green room than in a whorehouse um, no it's true I mean, I won't. Who was, who was it that said that?
1: You don't even know. So Yes, I do know. remember. Who I know. Well. Big star. We got to go, though. Huh? He's got to go. too. So big. everybody listen up. This is Tommy James. You can follow him on Twitter. It's at TJ uh, Go and to his website. And Facebook. Also, you want to go to his uh, – I'm a big Twitter person, so I always say – he's also – you guys can also find him on Instagram. I followed him on Instagram. Um, you can go to TommyJames.com. Really check out his website because he really has it set up beautiful, and you can find out everything about him on his website. It's one of the nicest laid-out websites I've ever seen. We want to thank you for coming on the show. Wait, one you minute. are fabulous.
2: Would, would you friend me on Facebook? It's Ron Russell's show. I wrote sure. some much- I wrote, you got to see what I did on my page today about you. You'll be so flattered. Uh, Look it up. Ron Russell show on Facebook. Let's be friends because, you know, I can get what you're doing out to a a tremendous amount of people. I have 4 million. We'll do it.
3: Absolutely.
2: So let's do it. Tommy, again, indeed a pleasure, a fabulous pleasure to meet someone who, who created such wonderment. That song is fabulous.
3: Well, God bless you guys, and I appreciate it very, very much. Thank you, Tommy. And
2: and may the Lord bless you always. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yay. Wow. Was that an interview? Was that an interview? Is he not phenomenal? I am so thrilled because that song means so much to me. So much to me.
1: So, you guys, real quick, a little commercial. Hope everybody enjoyed that. I know a lot of uh, People might not know who he is, our younger audience, but you should look him up because he's like basically he's an icon in the music world. And his music never grows old. It's fabulous. It's really, really good. So check it out. And, uh, and
2: now knowing him, he's a nice guy. And I'm on the level about when he comes in. I mean, Barry Manilow lives up the road from us where Barbara Streisand is. They're all up on the hill. We're in the poor part. We're in the valley. They're in the mountain. So they look down on us. They say, look at the poor people down in the valley.
1: <laughs> so here's what's up then, you guys. You can listen to the Jimmy Star Show, you guys, um, weekdays, uh, weekly, where every Wednesday from 12 to 2 p.m. Pacific time or 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time. We're on W4CY radio. We're on K4HD radio in St. Louis. Jackalope, no, Yes, k 4 hd Radio in L.A., Jackalope Radio in St. Louis. You, know, you can hear us on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, AudioBoom, Podomatic, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spreaker, Apple TV, Podbean, Spotify, and Pandora. Um, we're on all the different platforms. It's a lot of fun. We're having a good time. Please check us out on iHeartRadio or iTunes because uh, we like those a lot, but we're very popular on SoundCloud, too. And um, Oh, Tina Davidson joined us in the chat room. And Stefan's hey, in the chat room. Sweetie. She says she loves Barry Manilow. Yeah, he lives down the street we're not really like friendly with him, but <laughs> I,
2: I, I have, I have seen Barry at, uh, La Villa Rose restaurant here in town. And, uh, a fan went up to him at the restaurant and Barry wasn't really very nice to him. So I thought, you know, well, he was eating and, you know, the fans don't realize that when you're eating and having a conversation with the people you're dining with, you really don't want to be interrupted and asked if you could have a picture taken, you know, when you got, French food hanging out of your mouth, snails or something. So I can't blame Barry, but I've seen Barry around. Barry doesn't even look human. If he doesn't stop putting crap in his face and lifts and fillers and whatever, he doesn't look human anymore. He looks like wax. He looks like one of Joe Castro's wax faces.
1: So there's a lot of people, too, have joined us. And I don't know if I said hi, everybody, but Brad's in the chat room. Brad Pittman, hello, what's up? Teresa Saban is there. I don't know if we said hi, but Teresa, you're so cool. I have to tell you, like, I really appreciate all the things that you do, and B's there, and um, Robert Dumond is there, and Don, I hope you're well. I don't know if Ron wore a watch for you today or not. Did you wear a watch today? Well,
2: today I wore wore a black watch, and it's the watch that I wear that tells me how many steps I take, what my pressure is, what my heart rate is, what my erections are, you know, all that stuff. (laughs) So it's a pretty black watch. Everybody has these. What are they called?
1: It's a Fitbit. Who? Fitbit. A fit. The fuck is a Fitbit? A
2: Fitbit. I had never heard of such a thing.
1: All right. So now we're gonna like bring in our next guest. Everybody. They say he's in the chat room and in the green room. Um. So let's go ahead and bring him in. And let's make sure we can hear him, and then we'll introduce him and get rocking and rolling. Hey, Dave. How you doing? What's up, Jimmy and Ron? How are you doing? There we go. Well, very good. All right. So we can hear and see you well. This is good. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, the incredibly talented actor, writer, producer, Dave Sheridan. Hello, and welcome to the show. Welcome. I'm glad to be here. This is awesome. Yeah, we're going to have I mean, fun. So you already know Ron, so I'm not going to really introduce him. But we have. A, we I know have a, Ron
0: intimately. But we, but we have a, we have we a chat room. We share a dressing room. room. Uh-huh. We That's have right. the dressing room. So, you know, Ron wears those nice, tight, you know, I, what do you call it? A G string or something? <laughs> it is. Well, hold on. We
1: have wait, a wait, chat room full of wait, people. Wait, 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 let me finish. Wait,
2: you fucking introduce me. Now, let me say something, you big old homo. <laughs> um, Hey, over there. Did you hear what's going on over there? There's a rat, a rat, a big rat. The rat can eat you up. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about the rat? The rat? Look at the rat. It's behind you. It's a little bit from our movie that we shared together. Hang on. Meanwhile, you're terrific. I want you to know, I want everybody out there to know before we get any further, this man, if he's able to tell you some of the shit that he told me, is an incredibly wonderful human being and a phenomenal person. So hold on. We have a chat room, literally. And a good actor, by the way. Watch Rat. Rat. He's fabulous in Rat. He steals the shot. Not out
1: yet. So hold on. There's a freaking rat.
2: You steal the show in that because you brought the comedy to it that it needed.
0: You know you're a big part of the trailer, though, which is uh, I, I think that's hilarious because I know that you and Thomas Churchill butted heads. You know,
2: and no, and, we, we still do. We still do. You know, Tommy well, and I are friends. for We're friends for years. Exactly. I love I love church and it's church. Right.
0: Exactly.
2: And I tell him all the time, stop writing the same fucking shit over and over again. <laughs> it's 10 people. They all get killed one at a time and by somebody different. A mummy, a vampire, an alien. Like, Why don't you write something really interesting and different? I'm so sick of the movies I'm in. Every one of them are the same.
0: Yeah. You know.
2: Everybody well, I, killed little by little.
0: I think even he is aspires to write greater stuff, but we're limited to what we can get made. You know what I mean? He's he's in a hole now, or in a in a, a lane where there's people that want to fund his movies. What funding he can get? These are the type of movies. You know you, you know you have to go with what. Let's, let's well, he's got, a, he's
2: got a quick mind. He yeah. saw he saw me in Clown Fear. I played Minister McFadden, a phony minister, a little light in the lo- loafers. And right away on when he was on the show last week, he said, Ron, I'm going to write a movie about a minister. You could be the minister who kills the people he marries. <laughs> so you know what I mean? His mind just doesn't stop. It automatically, you, you throw a name at him like <laughs> we're, Werewolf, and there's a movie. You know? <laughs> Well, you throw a, a word like "big snake," and there's a movie. <laughs> I love Church. Church Church yeah. and I are buddies. We're both from Brooklyn. We both fight it out. You know, we're not sissies. We, exactly. we, we're tough, we're tough guys. We we know yeah. how to handle our friendship.
0: So, I just think on. it's curious that you're in the trailer as much as you are. You're a big part of the trailer. You know. Well, well
1: that, that was my whole scene. Yeah, I, I don't even think I don't <laughs> even I didn't even think he was in the trailer at all. I didn't see him in the trailer. Yeah, I he's think so. Ugly faces, I know, I but it. but the, the culprit was not
2: church. By the way, the culprit was my uh, person I was working with. One of the fellas I was working with who was m- making fun of me and my age and my uh, memory and stuff. And it was you know, if it was a union production, he would have been in ch- called on charges right. because you're not you're not allowed to do that. To intimidate a fellow actor, I think he was afraid of the fact that I could do a Brooklyn accent better than anybody because I'm from Brooklyn, and that I could look like a hood and not like a phony hood, like from uh, you know, a musical, a Broadway musical. Yeah.
1: <laughs> hold on, hold on. So first of all, Dave, literally, we have a chat room filled with people all Meanwhile, country Wait, wait, second. let me shut
2: the fuck up no. for a minute. Take your hat off. Take your hat off. You're so handsome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got gorgeous hair. You're a handsome guy. I know. What do you want? Look how handsome this guy is. Take the
0: hat. 51. I'll be 52. I'll be 52 pretty soon. So I'm hanging in there. No, you look look fabulous.
2: Take the hat off. Your hair looks good. It's messy. No, you look sexy. You look like bedhead. The the, the women at the... the (laughs)
1: I'm at the rodeo.
0: I'm, I'm going to come to a come person now in L.A., you know what I mean? I'm going to come there and knock the shit out So of hold here, on. We haven't know. literally.
1: So see, please say hello to the chat yeah. room. First of all, there's like 10 countries represented. So say hi to everybody in the chat room. Oh, aloha. Avidizé. Uh,
0: hey, Well, domo arigato. there you go
1: and you have a big big fan her name is Dawn Hinton she's like writing on here I watched this last night this last she watched like all your shit in like one night because you're coming on the show today so give a shout out to Dawn and say hi to
0: Dawn thank you Dawn Uh, get some byzine you know rest those eyes now
1: (laughs) you know every we have
2: categories in movie there's the heavy drama there's the romantic ones well there's also a horror uh, category This fella that we're interviewing right now happens to be one of the number one top actors in horror films. He is wanted by everybody. And I don't think he works for 200 a day like I did.
1: (laughs) 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 uh, (laughs) Actually, I think it's a...
0: I don't know why this shit's going in and out now. Because, God dang it. Because you
2: got you're cheap okay. and you don't buy good fucking equipment.
1: No, so hold on. So so first of all, you guys, uh, just so you know where you know might know Dave Sheridan from, first of all, because uh, he's actually in a lot of horror movies, but he's actually like his I think your biggest films are really more like spoof movies, like the horror spoofs and the and the, the comedy. So actually you're really a comedy actor. Um, yeah. scary movie, you guys. He plays Doofy in Scary Movie, which is like probably one it's actually the best of all the spoof movies that were ever made is scary movie. Thank you and for, uh, he plays do doopy
0: for you right now. So do- yeah. Do doopy. Hey, oh my- Hey America. Special up to doopy here. Yeah. I'm on a Jimmy star and, and Ron show. It's, it's good. I like them. Yeah. Oh God. That's,
2: that's <laughs> How a handsome man can make his face. So ugly is amazing. Uh, good acting.
0: Yeah, I, I, the only part that people go, do you ever get recognized as Doofy? But I don't look like that. No, but you I do. Don't. When I do get recognized as him, like I'm out with my family and we're waiting to get a table at a restaurant and the, the hostess will be like, oh, you know, with the menus, oh, did you play Doofy? And I was going, was I like looking at the table going, table. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like I did I just shot? I mean, there might be moments that I actually have to sharp my pants you know what i mean and maybe i do look like doofy you know so <laughs> i think it's such a great no was, I,
2: I gotta tell you something you're far better looking in person than you are right now on our screen um that's really I didn't do my hair ron <laughs> no no you're really a very handsome fellow nicely built with a wonderful personality now i i'm gonna tread lightly on this because it may be too private you may not want to discuss it tell us a little bit about your home life uh, if you want to, and your wife, and how wonderful of a husband you are.
0: I, I'm a, I'm a, I always say I'm a work in progress husband because it, it's never gonna, you know, you're never gonna rise to the level of what a woman wants you to be. I gotta, you know, I wish, <laughs> I wish I went back and checked the "Let's Be Gay" card. You know what I mean? So, um, but so I have a wife uh, and two kids, a boy, 13. He just, he, he's turning 13 on Halloween. A couple
1: days.
0: My daughter is 14, going on 21, and uh, so that's a lot of fun. And uh, my wife, my wife and I are high. uh, We met uh, freshman year of college, so we've been together for 32 years. And um, so, yeah, loving my life. Loving for love at first sight. Although I saw her months before she saw me. You know what I mean? Like in college, I I'd see her bopping around. And it, what happened was, it actually was serendipitous, was I had this loft. Um, I lived in an area where there was these, like, you would get these old warehouses and everyone would fix them up and be lofts. And uh, this was in uh, New Jersey, uh, outside New York City. And um, I we to, to to afford our rent, we would have parties, giant parties at my place. And people would just end up wasted, alcohol poisoning, you know, like. So this one girl was so drunk and thrown up and passed out. And it, the girl that took care of her, my roommate started dating that girl. Her name was Liz. But Liz's roommate was my wife's, Laura, who I was already – and then she said, you need, to re, you need to meet my roommate. You need to meet my roommate, which was already a girl – my wife, I was already kind of stalking her for six months, and it just worked out that this other chick was like, you got to meet her. So it, it made it seem like she introduced me, but really I was –
1: you know, she's already on my radar. Right? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But I think it's so, so, hold on.
2: The so. one thing I want to say, hope we work together again, because you were nice to work with. And I want to thank you for coming. I love working, working
0: with you. I love working
2: with you. I want to thank you for coming to my defense, because yeah. everybody thought that the situation was not what it was. You know, they all got the wrong idea or the wrong story. Felicia as well. And you were the only one that stuck up for me and came to my defense. And for that, I owe you a dinner. So when you come, your wife come to Palm Springs, give us a call.
0: Yeah. I'm not or, kidding uh, either.
2: I'm serious. When you come, we would love to have you over.
0: Yeah. I think about you guys all the time, actually, because of Palm Springs. I'm like, because I, I want to go out there. And I'm like, oh, wait, I know these guys got to go out there. I, I, it'll be it'll be a blast. So I know it'll be a blast. And we'll have
2: some uh, we'll- if this stupid fucking virus goes away.
0: Yeah. So. So I you're gonna you guys, see it this, Ron, I think you're going to see it disappear real quickly after November. After ele- yeah, after the, I think so, too. After
2: the election. I agree with you 100 percent.
1: So, you guys, we met we actually met Dave. Uh, uh, we were working um, long ago. Uh, and he was doing a movie called uh, Killer Rose with Felissa yep. Rose, which we love yep. Felissa Rose. She's we like love, the coolest. I love Felissa. She's such and, a, um, a level-headed bro. And so we went there, and he, we met him, and he looked totally different. And, yeah, and I was, you remember what I looked like on that, right? <laughs> yeah, you had like a, a mullet or a mohawk yeah, or something. Yeah, I had like a faux
0: hawk, like a, you know, like, Shaved Mohawk thing with a big mustache and tattoos, yeah, and because
1: I was like, I didn't even like know who you were. And one thing I have to say about your acting is probably why you've been so successful is because you're a real character actor. Like you really know how to be a chameleon. Like yeah. you look different every time I see you. Like I could. I probably wouldn't even recognize you half the time walking down the street because every time I see you, you look different, and so it's like we don't even know what you look like. Now we know what you look like.
2: No, but when I <laughs> when I first met him and he had the mohawk, I don't remember what I said. But you know, we have balls. I don't give a shit. I say what I think. I, I have no filter. When I saw the hairdo, I think I said to him, "Like, is that necessary? Like, you walk around with that?" And I, <laughs> and I don't remember. Do you remember what I said to you? It probably was very offensive, but I I can be offensive in a humorous way. But anyway, I remember you so well with that Mohegan.
1: Mohawk, yes. With, with that movie, Moh- Never killer Rose, it hasn't come out yet, right? No, whatever happened.
0: Thinking, December. December. In fact, we have a call with yeah. the director to get the final thing delivered very soon. So I, 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 I've been told December it'll finally come out. So
1: I love that. So you guys, here's some stuff you've seen him in, even though you might not even recognize him because he looks so different now, you might not recognize him. But uh, he was in Sky Sharks with... We've had half the cast of Skysharfs on our show. I, oh, like,
0: I, can't, Barbara Lally, that
1: I don't even know if it's out, but like everybody, we've had everybody on our show about talking about it. Bloodcraft, which I like because we've had Augie Duke and Michael Welch on the show. Love Victor it. Crowley, which is a like huge horror franchise, phenomenal one. And you, it's so cool that you're actually in the one with Felissa Rose in the same that's, one, you guys in the same one.
0: That's the first film we shot together, but I met her one other time. Um, similar to like my wife, like, she doesn't remember that I met her, but it was that you know, we do these conventions and uh you know is always done up at the she, she leaves the house done up, you know what I mean? Um every day to go to the store. She's but a at the typ- conventions she's, she's showing a- her, her better right.
1: assets. Yeah, you know, she's so a, so she's
2: a typical Jersey Italian chick.
1: <laughs> I actually yeah. I I love those Victor Crowley movies. I've been friends with Kane for, like, 15 years, and he's, like, really cool. And we've had Tyler Maine on the show and Tipity, Tiffany Shepis and Danielle Harris. We've had all of them on the show in the past. And so, like, I think Victor Crowley is is a really, like, great, great and, and, film. And,
2: and my sweet, dearest, closest friend is Sadie Katz, who I love the door.
1: She's not in Victor Crowley, though. No, I know, but I have
2: to throw her name in because I wouldn't <laughs> you leave might it might have out. came to
1: set. I don't remember, but, yeah, I love Sadie. Sadie's great.
0: <laughs> you know Sadie, Sadie. Then you guys Sadie and I almost shot a film in Italy. Uh Oh yeah. That was the year. one Yeah. It would have been Sadie last year. Sadie shot it.
2: Sadie shot it.
0: She's got more balls than me because basically, uh they were like, You're gonna go out, you're gonna first of all they said you're gonna it's near Milan. So I go, Milan, that's great. But then they they then I saw where it was and it was like two hours outside Milan in the middle of like, you know, it was like one of these like where they grow spaghetti on the tree type of like, no, you know, yeah,
2: it's real, country, real country. She yeah. told me. She told me that you didn't want to be away from your family that long.
0: That's what it was. It, yeah, yeah. It, it, not See. for that amount of it. The money. If it was in America, the money would have been great, but the travel, and then to be gone that long, and then to travel back, and to be staying somewhere where I didn't know anyone. Like you know, like how do I look when? Like, let's get for instance Thomas things. Big freaking rat. If that thing went sideways, I get in my car, we're in Palmdale, and I drive home. I go, all right, I'm out of here. If you punched Thomas out, and then you you took gasoline, and you burned the whole thing down, Ron, which I held you back on. I was like, Ron, don't do it. And you're like, don't fucking burn this place down. This can't be okay. Fuck you. But I could have just got my car and left. But if something like that happens in Milan, and I don't know anyone... Then I'm like, what do I do? So, but it really was the family factor. And my wife does, is disabled. So it's hard for me to. um, That's uh, the
2: point I wanted to get to. I didn't want to bring it up, but folks this man takes care of his wife better than any other human being can the stories that he said and how much he loves his wife and how he cares for her an
1: inspiration
2: he is that's why i love this guy and i was so happy he was coming on the show because anyone that you know i had a lover when i met when i was 19 and 46 years later he was in an auto accident and developed brain damage and then pancreatic cancer and I cared for him, the whole two years. I know what that's like, and I just have such a respect for uh, one human who takes care of another human. And this guy does it, and he's a terrific fella.
0: Well, hey, hey, besides, Ron, besides being a, a great, and actor, honestly, I, I really this is probably the first podcast where ever we ever, ever ever brought something like that up. So I because I do kind of keep that stuff private, but it's it's all good because I brought it up. Um, but I really appreciate. I didn't. Even, I love the fact that you. We haven't seen each other in two years, probably. Right. Yep.
2: Almost. I have no idea. I'm 80 years old. What the fuck do I know? From <laughs> so, I don't
0: even know where I am today. When I'm almost two years. Yeah. brain. 80 years old, and you remember stuff like that. Like, and I love the fact that that shows you're listening too. You know what I mean? Which is of course I listen.
2: Cool. If it's important, I listen. Yeah. If it's not important, I forget it. That's why Jimmy yells at me. He said, "Didn't yeah. you who who." I said, I said, my brain has very little capacity left to remember. And I'm not going to use it up on bullshit and stupid uh, shit. Yeah. If, if it's important stuff to me and it moves me emotionally, yeah, I listen. And it made me have a great respect for you because I know how much you love your family. And I love my daughters also. And uh, it, it's very hard being a breadwinner, working and, and and taking care of a family—it's not easy. I've been there. I know what it's about. So has Angela Joseph, who's in our chat room, and so has Sherry Davis. Sherry has an autistic daughter, and and Sherry's husband was a dick, and she's on her own. You know, uh, actors have a life too, and not just on the screen. And you see us as happy-go-lucky, whatever the fuck we're supposed to be. We have lives. We have. We suffer just as you all do.
0: Yeah. It's true.
2: Yeah. And now we're going so, downhill. I don't go down. Yeah, we, we're going back up now. I, I'm pa- but I, I'm he positive. does, though.
1: He talks about you often about uh, the people that we know who, who don't have the easiest lives yet, who are happy working and, and, and really taking care of things and have a, a passion for it and everything. And, and you're one of a few, you know, in Hollywood that we like knowing. So it's very admirable. Uh, because,
2: you know, I'm in the business 64 years. And in my 64 years of television and film, I have met many, many actors, famous ones who who would be talking at lunch or something, and they'd say, Oh, you know, so and so, fuck her. You know, she's a douchebag, and blah, 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 blah. and eh, she might die soon. And it turned out it was his wife. I mean, I thought, horrible. <laughs> You know, I mean, come on. No, Hollywood is such an I, 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 me, 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 me place to be. Everybody's so involved with their career, their looks and themselves, they gain a pound or they get a wrinkle, they have a stroke. So they're really not that much involved with the family. Now take um, Betty Davis for an example, who I knew very well. I asked her one day, I had the balls to ask her, I said, what was really about that book and that crap that she wrote? She said, my daughter was very jealous of my career in Hollywood. Now, Jane Russell, who was my best friend, my buddy, my sister, I said to her, Jane, how come your kids came out screwed up? She said, Ron, they really hate Hollywood and they hated me making movies. They wanted a mother, she said. And unfortunately, I got hooked on booze and was a drunken mother and I wasn't a very good mother. So most of the uh, Terry Moore, by the way, who is a great actress, she has a wonderful son who loves her.
1: Or you probably know, him. <clears throat> Do you know, Grant Kramer, Grant Kramer.
2: Yeah, of course, yeah. Killer Killer clowns from outer space. Yeah, he's yeah. his mom, his mom is my buddy Terry Moore and she's a famous actress from the 50s and uh, so many that I know that their children don't like them because they weren't home. They six o'clock call at studio rehearsals and uh, script readings and table readings and all that shit publicity kids, Lana Turner. That's the story. I got to tell you, we
1: got to go. go other things.
2: Lana Turner's daughter is my friend for years. And she said to me, I would get up in the morning and wait by my mother's double doors to her bedroom, sitting on the floor, waiting for my mother to come out. In went hair and makeup and clothes. My mother was made up, hairdos done. And my mother came out and she'd say, oh, good morning, Cheryl. Kiss mommy. But no, no, not on the face. Kiss my little hand. And Cheryl would kiss Lana Turner's hand, not to muss mommy. And Cheryl Crane rejected it. You know, she really resented it terribly. But here you are, a working father who cares for a, a handicapped wife who you love and adore and two children. Hey, my hat's off to you, buddy.
0: Yeah, thank you. And uh, I would say in the position now, my daughter's 14. I know there's, uh, it's that age where there's some pushing away. You know what I mean? And I I think I'm, I'm trying to decide how to handle that in the sense of like, you don't, you got to give them the freedom, right? And just let it when girls become a certain age, they don't want anything to do with their parents. You know what I'm saying? No, so. no, no. It's,
2: it's my daughter. I want, want, my youngest daughter is 43 and she's still pushing me away. Right. <laughs> it's it's in their blood because when a father is like you or myself, a very doting, overdoing father, they feel smothered and they're frightened of that, so they run away. My eldest daughter loves it. She, you could smother her forever. She's a smotherer, but the younger one is a is a wildcat. She's, right. she's the actress, by the way, the drama queen. She's a real actress. She's made movies. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't think when they push away, she comes back when she has a kid or a husband. They come back. So so hold on, not, though. Not Goodbye. to worry. It's nothing. Yeah, to do with you. I think you, that, you didn't do anything to push. Her yeah, away. that's
1: just that's just the way that's just kids. That's just kids growing up. Yeah, uh, exactly. I, I, you know, so don't feel so, guilty.
2: Don't feel you
0: didn't. You think I should do?
1: Do you let? Do your kids get to see your movies? Because some of your movies have a little bit of adult content. Maybe they can't see them yet.
0: Most of them do. Most of them do. So, um, yeah, they haven't seen too many. Uh, we're like as Doofy. They haven't seen scary movie. Um, and now they're probably at the age they can see it. Um, but uh, Doofy is a meme on the internet in yeah, fact, all during over the the election And in the selection in the COVID, he had one it's like i'm essential he had another one like there's just there's it's the same photo but people keep changing what's said but it's all over the place and so that's probably my biggest thing with my kids in more than movies is like you know i'm a meme right look i'm a meme because uh you know they'll be watching the internet and there's youtube channels that just put memes up over and over again where uh, the guy reviews, you know, they just read the memes and uh, so it's just kind of like a you know, you're just watching a whole bunch of memes at once and laughing at some of them some you're not. Are you still living in Jersey? No, no,
2: I'm in California, yeah, yeah. I thought you I thought you were living in Jersey
0: uh, At that time I was Yeah, no, at that time I was in North Carolina but um, Right,
2: North Carolina, so you North moved
0: Carolina, to But we grew up in New Jersey and her parents moved down to North Carolina and I moved we moved out there so they could help me a little bit, but then um, when I the, when I went out to North Carolina, they stopped the film tax, the the rebate stuff. Right. So everything everything went to Georgia, and I was yeah. all my jobs are four hours away, and I was like, "Well, I could just go back to California if if this is the situation." So then I just came back because there's more work out here. You know. Oh, well, I know.
2: We. we I'm a, I'm in a movie after Christmas in Atlanta. And a couple of films in Atlanta, and I'm in. Uh, I think
1: Atlanta still got the tax. I think i mean I mean,
2: they do. They do. Yeah, I'm, I'm in two films here in LA. Um, I can't talk about them on the air, but in private, we will. Let me see if I can drop your name and maybe get you again. He's and... working a lot. Yeah, but he can
0: work
1: some <laughs> more. He I'm work. always
0: up for work, though. Drop my name, please.
1: Okay, we'll drop it. So let's right. go back. I'll I want to go back to name. the career a little bit because I want to I, yeah. I get some questions. So so you guys, so besides besides uh, Scary Movie, the other like spoof movies he did is A Haunted House, A Haunted House 2, and Fifty Shades of Black, which was fucking hilarious. That's hilarious. Um, that was very hilarious. So and you were so, so good basically, you're pathetic. like you know, all of Marlon Wayne's films. How did you meet Marlon Wayans? Because that had to be like a huge thing since he keeps casting you. Obviously, he likes the work that you do. Um, How did that all come about, or how did you get Doofy in the first place?
0: Okay, so Doofy was actually a character named Chip that I was performing at the Second City in Chicago. And um, so they saw Chip already, the Dimension Films, and they basically said, This guy, we want this guy to play Doofy. You know, and so I took the Chip character and they already had the, the character named Doofy in the movie because it's off of Dewey. And we just kind of, we had a meeting and it worked out. And um, But I actually went into the audition meeting with Keenan. And and at that point, it was Keenan Ivory Waynes. Marlon yes. Was the, yeah, so Keenan was the patriarch of the whole... Family. Waynes ...Family uh, from In Living Color and stuff. And, you know, if you look at my, I mean, I'm... I'm not going to say I'm a Jim Carrey, but when I was younger and doing those broad characters, I, that was the natural, like, comparison was like, oh, you could be like a Jim Carrey. You're the next Jim Carrey, that kind of thing. So that, you know, that's what got Keenan's attention because he basically blew up Jim Carrey, you know. And he Yes. Said, oh. So, uh, but I went in as character and then I left. And at this time, it was 1999. I had a a pager. I didn't have a cell phone. Back then it was pagers. So I left. Hold on. I got got 20% battery. I can plug the phone in. I left um, the audition and then I get this page from New York. This was in LA. And so I had to go find a cell phone. I had to pay like, it was like a two fifty or something to call New York, but I knew it was, (laughs) I knew that was Miramax. Um, And so They said, what the fuck did you do? I go, what do you mean? It was great. I went in this doofy. I fucked around. I didn't do the lines or anything. I just, like, made a mess. It was putting my hands in his face and telling him to smell my finger and stuff. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, they said, no, he thinks we sent somebody in that is, like, mentally challenged. You have to go back (laughs) and show him who you are. And uh, and so I I went back. I drove back, and he was just laughing. He was just like, dude, you – you, you came in committed, and I didn't know what to think of you, and I didn't know if you were real or not. And uh, and he said, so, yeah, and he's like, and, and he didn't say you got the part, This, but by what he said next, I, I knew I had the part. He goes, do me a favor. Next week, when we have the cast read-through, come back in as the character again and just fuck with everybody. I won't tell anybody. And then I did that. I did that at the read-through. And Anna Ferris was like 17, you know, and somebody's like, she was scared shitless of me, you know, and all these other people. Like, what the hell did we get ourselves into? Who is this guy, you know? <laughs> and then, and then, of course, he revealed. No, it's Davey's an actor. He's he's playing the character, and uh, and then everyone laughed. And goes, "Do us a favor. When we start shooting, just be the character the whole time for the cr- crew. Don't we won't let the crew know." So the joke kept like, you know what I'm saying? It kept going to, like. <laughs> <laughs> this
2: happened to me a long time ago I was auditioning, not auditioning, I'm sorry I was hired as uh, a drag queen playing an old broken down drag queen in the Greenwich Village a drag sh- club and the guy, they were auditioning leading men for me Now here I am standing six feet tall a tough Brooklyn guy, you know as a man, and I was reading lines with this one guy, and the guy looked at me he said, I'm afraid of him <laughs> I said, what do you mean said, he's scary Right. He's, gonna be,
1: he's gonna be a woman oh my god <laughs> actually ron looks good in drag too yeah but anyway so i remember that it's happening oh and- they want to know in the chat room if you ever do doofy like if you were driving through the drive through or something have you ever like <laughs> fucked with people and just done doofy
0: um maybe once with doofy, but i <laughs> but i do i uh, man i fuck with the driving people all the time it pisses my family off because you know my wife's like you know they're gonna wreck our order you know they're because i'm messing with them that they're i can't help it up. up and i always I do the so. uh, I, I i was d- like the uh, thing that i'm like can we get the uh, uh yeah, it, it and they're like what like cake, fries you know like but they, they don't see that like, they just hear like it's breaking up and they're like you're breaking up like, my
1: wife's like stop that it's like my so okay so real uh so you guys other things you've seen him in actually i was in sex drive when you shot sex drive i didn't know who you were probably back in the day i'm an extra in it only but i'm in it like all over the place nice and uh he was in The Devil's Rejects, you guys, with every horror icon on the planet, uh, The Fighting Temptations, Corky Romano, Bubble Boy, Ghost World. I mean, you have quite a, a diverse resume. I don't really see you, even though you have two huge horror movies, I don't see you so much as a horror movie as I see you as a comedic uh, actor. Um, well, and and that's – I started out – I love to make people laugh.
0: And so – and. I mean, I, I was at the Second City in Chicago. So, you know, I was that and I worked at Saturday Night Live before that for uh, a year and a half. And so, you know, 1975 Saturday Night Live aired and I was in kindergarten. And uh, I remember um, pretending I was sleeping on the couch so I could stay up to watch Saturday Night Live that first season. I was, But really, here's the funny thing. It was because of Mr. Bill. Do you remember the little claymation? Yeah, oh,
2: oh I
1: love Mr.
0: Bill. Yeah, Mr. So, Bill. Like, like that's initially what drew me to Saturday Night Live was the Mr. Bill stuff. I want to stay on oh, that. that. But then I started like getting the humor. But there was definitely humor that I wasn't getting, and there was actually at all humor that I got, but I couldn't laugh because I didn't want my dad to know I was getting that humor. You know what I mean? He would have been yes. like, "Oh." Because I remember there was, like, this, like, spaceship. It was, like, a circular spaceship, and that that was the women. And the men were in this, like, you know, phallic spaceship, and then it, like, crashed, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And it was so funny. And I wanted to laugh at that, but I couldn't let them know I knew what this was, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Well, how old were you? Yeah, I was, like, six, kindergarten. Oh, you're
2: kidding. When When Mr. Bill came out, you were six?
0: 75, yeah, yeah.
2: I was about 35 years old, no, 37 years old when Mr. Bill came out. And I loved Mr. Bill. They used to squash him all the time. So, Yeah,
1: exactly, right? same ending every time. The cutest thing. So so, if you, had a, if, you had a, if you had a bucket list, you know what? who's an, a, an actor and an actress that you would like to work with that you haven't had a chance, because I know you've worked with everybody, haven't had a chance to work with yet? And what movie, if you could have been in any movie that's ever been made, what movie would you have liked to have been in?
0: Okay, so, I mean, like, there's too many actors to say what the bucket list of actors is, because that changes. But I would say right now, currently, I would love to do a film with Shia LaBeouf. Oh, I, yeah. Like, I feel like the new stuff that he's putting out is, is like, he's really going for it, and he's trying to earn his way back. To I, I, yes. I do think that he's got an opportunity to, to win an Academy Award at some point once he finds
1: that he's a great actor. He's a great actor. The tax collector yeah. was really good too.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I like were Christian you? Bale.
1: Right. Yeah. I'm
0: the Christian Bale of like indie horror. So yeah. <laughs>
2: now, were you, in, were you? are you in a uh, clown motel too?
0: No. Nope. No. Every, every, everybody's I, in that film. I know they, I was invited up to, to, and I just couldn't do it. And I, cause I thought they were shooting in L.A., but then didn't they shoot somewhere like in Nevada? Nevada or someplace? Nevada. Right. Yeah. So no, I, I think I'm too, in it. It was too far for me, you know, for like just a pop-in favor kind of thing. Yeah, but I, no,
2: I. I'm in it. We shot it up in Big Bear.
0: Right. Shot, they shot all
1: over the place. Really. All
2: over. Yeah. Joe Kelly likes to travel. So does Angie uh, Baby.
1: Wait, wait. Go back. What movie would you have liked to have been in? Do you have like a favorite movie? Otherwise. It's tough. Um, I would have said
0: I, I probably wish that I would have gotten in one of the, not the first three Star Wars because I was too young, but when they made the other six, that was yes. a window of diminishing. So now there's the Mandalorian, with uh, and there's a lot of comedic actors. They're really casting a lot of comedic actors on that Mandalorian show, uh, which is a Star Wars thing, and it's uh, John um, John Favreau,
1: who yes. I, I'm
0: friends. He's also a Chicago guy. He was in Rudy.
1: And um, I love Rudy. (laughs) Yeah. It's a great movie. Um, I
0: I, I didn't know him. My one friend is a friend of mine that was at second city with me is in Rudy with him, a guy named Mitch Rouse. And so that's when I became aware of John Favreau. But then uh, um, another friend produced swingers. uh, And that was around that, you know, I would say that was probably like 97, 98 or something like that. And that was in LA. And that's when I first met John, you know? Um, So, maybe there's a shot at the Mandalorian because he he seems to like to put a lot of comedians into the star Wars stuff, you know, not all comedians, but there's, he's peppering them in a lot more than regular star Wars was. But I did save my rejection letters. I'm actually in a hotel room right now (laughs) and I didn't know what would come up, but I was just looking, you know, with this whole COVID thing, I think everybody went through that kind of like house cleaning phase of let's go through the box. You know, I have these boxes and I was going through stuff and, I found all the uh, uh, Lucas film from George Lucas from the producer, uh, and two producers, and George Lucas both wrote me rejection letters when I sent an, a letter in asking to be in the film. You know, so because
2: you should frame well, them. You should frame oh yeah,
0: them. Put I, them in, I have Put more them in
2: film. the guest. I have... No way. Put them in the guest bathroom.
0: Yeah. Well, here's the thing among the, the toilet period. paper in the 90s this was this was before really emails started so the way you contacted people was you would write a letter and they and i found that they would always respond you know what i mean they would respond so i have a collection i got steven spielberg uh and date and katzenberg when they were starting the uh dreamworks yeah wow i got like i i asked like i would love to come work for your studio but my name's dave sheridan This was before I even hit it, though. This was not I was a nobody. And uh, I'm still a nobody, but I'm a somebody that is a nobody. I'm I'm one of the nobody's (laughs) somebody who knows. That's
2: what I am. Somebody that's a nobody.
0: (laughs) But but so, yeah, so I I I showed my kids. This is why I showed my kids. I go, here's all these rejection letters. You know what I mean? Like, see, like the reason I got here was because I was doing that. You know, like you have to be. You know that old like you know Frank Sinatra kind of thing. You gotta pick yourself up every time and
1: yep, so, absolutely.
0: And I'm glad I did that because as an actor and Ron, you know this, it's 90% rejection. 90% rejection, right? You gotta like uh, actually, actually, I've been pretty lucky. Well, good um, for you.
2: Fuck you, no, Ron. No, no, sir. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously. Um I was only, I was rejected on one thing that I really wanted. Because, oh, West Side Story, because they said I was too tall.
1: You and got three minutes, so I you looked know.
2: Puerto Rican, you know, black hair. I was very dark yeah. as a young boy. But he couldn't dance. But well, I lied. Yeah, and I, and I, I said I was a trained dancer. So they put me in with the choreographer. <laughs> I wish I had film of that.
0: You said you were a trained dancer?
2: Yeah, which I wasn't.
0: And I yeah, exactly. I, I, and, note, and note to anyone out there that wants to like, if, if if they ask if you can ride a motorcycle, yes, you can. Yeah, anything Yes. Karate, yes, you can.
2: We all, we all lie. We all
0: say yes, think? we can do anything. So Fighting they, Temptations. Fighting and, and, Temptations. All right, go I, I ahead. Know, I, I had a rock band, but my rock band was like a heavy metal rock band where it was like rock and roll, right? <laughs> Fighting Temptations is Beyonce Knowles and it's like the OJs and I'm in that choir with like uh, like major singers. And we recorded with uh Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis who did like yeah, Michael huge. Jackson.
1: All, all of Janet Jackson We shit. went
0: in the studio and they uh, and it's a choir and you know Beyonce's there in the <laughs> main mic, she's singing lead and the OJs, and I'm with the OJs, and they go, Are you a are you a tenor or a baritone? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, right? And I just said I'm a I'm a baritone or a tenor, I think I said a tenor or something like that. So they put me with the tenors, and the best part was like each take. If the OJs are here, I'm gonna do it this way, and I'm here, and the mic is here. Each take, they like backed me off the mic a little bit, you know, like Dave, back, like, back up a little bit more. Yeah, you're too loud, back off the mic. But really, we all knew it was like you actually can't sing, can you? No, no, I'm not that good of a singer. I just said they they asked, they said, oh, you're in a band. Yeah, they, no. they the casting director knew I had a popular band, but
1: they,
2: you know. <laughs> I'm not a singer. Well, we we all lie. All
0: the actors lie.
1: So, you guys, this is Dave Sheridan. Follow him on Twitter, at Dave Sheridan. What are you on Instagram? Also Dave Sheridan? I think it's at Dave Sheridan Official. At Dave Sheridan official, uh, we've yep. only got like thirty seconds left. You guys, you gotta watch all his all his movies. He's he's in so many great things, and he's got a bunch of new stuff coming out. If you look on his IMDb, he's got all kinds of stuff coming out. Uh, when Killer Rose comes out, we'll have you come back. Maybe have you and Felissa come on Definitely. together to promote Killer De- Rose. And,
2: and and whoever Sadie was in it too. Have no, Sadie's
1: of
0: not in Killer Rose. I
1: thought Sadie, Sadie. he wants Sadie in everything. What the hell? She's in some no, I
0: will do a movie I, with Sadie. I will do a movie with Sadie, Ron, if that's what you really we need. Want you to do we want you, all three of you guys the
1: need to three do of one. I, You
2: know, Sadie and I are writing something, so you know, possibly that could happen.
1: Yeah, you never oh, know. She's Plus, a great I, writer. I love writing. I'm producing a bunch of stuff, and so if we can get you in, I'm going to try to get you in because I think people will love you, and you're a great talent. So, Dave, we want to thank you for coming can on I the show. Can I
0: say one thing? Can I, yes. thing? Can I just stretch yes. one thing out? When you mentioned the horror and all oh, the comedy and stuff, it was Rob Zombie's um, Devil's Rejects because, again, he liked to put a lot of comedic actors. He, you know, He's like a Tarantino. He wants to put people off of what they're known for doing. And um, that opened my eye to le- the legitimacy of the horror. Then I started doing horror convention and I found the audience and how loyal they are. And that's when I sort of discovered my own love for, like, the horror movies, and I said, I got to do more of these. But even in those movies, like Victor Crowley, I am always the comedic element in horror movies because, yes. because horror needs comedy or some sort of leverage yes. to bring it back so that yes. there can be another scare moment. You can't be scare, yes. scare, scare, scare. You have to kind of have the breath. Right. And a horror guy, with a comedy guy, a couple laughs, you're reset, and then they can get to another scare quicker, you know? So, no, absolutely, I'm, I'm, and the
1: horror audience is the most loyal audience ever. And I'm, Yeah, you know, and if anyone
0: out I'm, there... I'm, is a horror audience person, thank you so much. If you're a whore audience person, Ron, thanks to you too. Oh, wait a
2: second. (laughs) We gotta go. I I am famous for this. I can never deliver a dramatic line. It always comes out funny. And no matter what I work in, I could say, I'm gonna kill you now, you motherfucker. And it comes out (laughs) funny. I don't know why, but go. so they always cast me as that light human in a film. So Dave, anyway, Dave, you're
1: terrific. We love you, Dave. You're and fantastic. Let's get together before yes, you get we out. We've got to away
2: a lot. Let's get together. Please we have fun. It. We have a lot of fun. Good hey, seeing you. Dave, you. Thank me. you so Jimmy, much.
1: Jimmy, you know how. Don't be a stranger, Jimmy. You know how to get a hold of me. Gotcha. Now I have your phone number, too, so it's good. All right, Dave, thank you For so sure, much. Dave. Chat room, you thank you so much. We'll see love you guys you back, later, David. everybody. Have a great weekend and a happy Halloween. Bye, everybody. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. can yeah, we in the mix. Yeah, we in the mix, it's another episode Here we go, the Jimmy Starr Show with Ron Russell Interviewing the hottest, newest, and newest Up to the celebrities Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly Jimmy Starr, he's the king of cool Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude That room is live and you would be a fool Not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Starr Show with Ron Russell Come on, watch it live
2: on W4CY Radio some past episodes? Download on iTunes The Jimmy Starr Show with Ron Russell
1: It's the Jimmy Star Show we Ron
2: Russell Oh.